Hey, and welcome back to the Cinema Tally Podcast countdown to the top 10 movies of 2021 so far. Um, if you haven't already listened to the first part, that's available for you wherever you were listening to this podcast. Uh, if you haven't, you'll enjoy this one just fine. Um, so enjoy. Okay, so Mr. Hines, what is your number five pick for 2021? Uh, again, I have a sneaky suspicion that I won't be talking about it for very long. Uh, but my number five is Sound of Metal. Okay. Well, you're close. You're close enough to me. You're close enough to me. And oh, you're in, close. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's a bit further down on my list, but it's it's very close. Um, my number five pick, um, is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Which is a movie I was looking forward to as as the year went on, and um, I did not expect it. Even though I'm a massive fan of James Gunn's work, even for like Scooby Doo too, um, you know, it's um, it's such a fun movie. It's his, I think it's his best work. Um, I'd have to, I've only seen it once, but I I'm pretty sure it's his, it's his best movie so far. The uh, absolute audaciousness, the boldness of this movie is is crazy and it's 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 a like another few movies that that are are closer to the top spot that are that made me feel like anything could happen in the space of uh, this two hours like anyone could die except harley quinn she wasn't gonna die ever but you know what i mean it was like um it made me feel for the likes of polka dot man and and king shark and i know king shark's probably like He's a pretty big villain, I guess, but you know, polka dot man, Jesus Christ. I felt for I felt for that guy and his weird acne, interdimensional acne. Um, you know, it's um just and such a heartfelt movie. It might even be more heartfelt than the Guardians movies, which is weird considering like it's a it's a real gore fest, this movie, especially in the last act. There's some horrific imagery. Uh, like trauma level. I mean, this is James Gunn, so you know it should be surprising, but um, really horrific stuff. The cast have, um, I mean, arguably some of the best chemistry, um, you know, amongst an ensemble uh, this year. Uh, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, Robert Dubois, excellent. John Cena as Peacemaker, excellent. Harley Quinn, uh, I think in her best incarnation, possibly. I know a lot of people are uh, singing the praises of Harley Quinn from Birds of Prey. And, you know, I, I think they're they're about the same for me. I think they're really, really good. Uh, David Dasmalkin, um, Daniel Malchior, um, uh, even like uh, Steve Agi uh, and Sylvester Sloan's dual uh, share performance as, as King Shark Nanawe. Such a good movie, such a blast. Um, one of the more rewatchable movies of the past year. Um, and it's it's a shame that it was it's released during the pandemic and it hasn't reached its full box office potential, and not as many people will see it uh on a big screen. But that's those are the times we're living in. Um Joe, I know I know you're a big lover of this movie as well, so uh what yeah. do you think? 
I fucking adore this film. Um, in fact, I adored it so much I put it on my list, and it is it's it's my number four. So okay. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to stop you from talking because oh, you're, thank you. you're again, um a great Thanks. review. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, it's my number four. I just there's so much I could talk about each character and why I loved them so much, and I just think there were so many moments through this film where I literally stopped and was like, "What in the fuck is going on?" And that's what I want in a comic book movie. That's what I think is so much fun about comic book movies, and I think why James Gunn is such a good fit as a director for any real property. Um, he knows how to do the ridiculous, but he knows how to do the ridiculous in a heartfelt way. Um, and yeah, as I said, like it's a movie about fucking. I wouldn't even call them C-list villains taken on Starro. It's like never in a million years, you know, when we were going in to see Iron Man in the cinema back in two thousand eight, would I ever thought we would get a movie like this? And it just it just makes me happy that, you know, they gave James Gunn the keys to the kingdom and just gave him all the resources he wanted to make something as fucking crazy as this. Um it is unfortunate that the box office has been so disappointing. But I'm hoping, you know, uh, my friend Peacemaker <laughs> will uh, the TV show will, will garner a bit more popularity and, and might even catapult you know more properties. But I think DC are, are behind James Gunn anyways. Mm, um, absolutely. But yeah, as I said, Suicide Squad. It's my number four. Uh, I think it's a fucking tremendous movie. Yo, is this a dog? What? Is, is this thing a dog? A a dog? Yes. What what kind, kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the breeds. I'm gonna go with Afghan Hound. Just when is an Afghan hound that bloody thumbs? Oh my God! Is it a werewolf? I wanted to meet a werewolf forever. Yo, they turned me into a werewolf. He's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but you know, we got him to. I think he's agreed to do this. Whatever the case, does everyone get into position to drop? Um, just as a matter of interest, what characters uh, were you not familiar with uh, going into the suicides or before the Suicide Squad was like, um, you know, the trailers are shown, before, you know, before you knew the cast? Who were you not familiar with? Okay, so um, let me just go through. So I didn't know that there was a rat, rat catcher too. I knew yeah. that there was a rat catcher. And okay. I didn't know that he had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um. In fact, now that I think about it, I don't know if Ratcatcher 2 is a comic character. Maybe James Gunn just made it up, but I knew about Ratcatcher. Yeah. Um, Polka Dot Man, I remember he was in like Batman the Brave and the Bold. You watched that show, didn't you? James? Oh, massive fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I knew about Nanawe. Uh, Bloodsport, I suppose, was one of those characters that I didn't know about. Peacemaker, I think that was like, I think Peacemaker was supposed to be in The Watchmen. I think oh, he was. Yeah, I, I heard think that he was too. Like supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, he's. he's so, I think. I think the comedian is a basis for. Um, or sorry, uh, Peacemaker is a basis for um, the the comedian in Watchmen. The, the I think that's what was kind of supposed to happen, and then they had to create like a new character or something, and you got the comedian, uh, kind of similar. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of parallels there between those two characters if you if you look into it. But um, yeah. Yeah, and then there was like, there's characters like Blackguard. I, I never heard of Blackguard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jav- Javelin, I actually, strangely enough, I knew about because okay. um, I remember seeing somebody post a joke about it. See, he, he's a Green Lantern villain. Oh, okay, okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, then there's characters like Weasel. I never knew about Weasel. What the fuck is a Weasel? Um, <laughs> Savant. By the way, Savant is another one. Yeah. My, one of my one of the things that I laughed at the hardest is right at the start of the Suicide Squad when Weasel does that scream out, out the back oh. of the jeep. <laughs> it's oh, so, so funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, I, I I knew about very few of them, um, mm. but there are ones, as I said, that I I did you know mm. I knew of. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same as you. Like Bloodsport was such a, a surprise because everyone thought he was, everyone thought like uh, he was going to be vigilante from the set photos. That was the only thing they could tell from the costume. And yeah, there's similarities, but like the like they've even uh, retconned Bloodsport suit. There's like a new comic book run of the Suicide Squad where uh Bloodsport has the suit from the movie and it's one of the best designs I've ever seen for like a comic book movie it's such a cool suit and so uh, sick. A- incredible departure from what he looked like which was just um I don't know how uh, uh, Guile from Street Fighter meets Raphael from the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is kind of what I'm getting from the uh <laughs> the the original costume uh, but kind of an interesting origin story with that character. It'd be interesting to see if I, I think Idris Elba might come back in in some. You might come back in 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 the next Suicide Squad movie. Um, but yeah, uh, again, Peacemaker. I wasn't familiar with. He looks a bit a lot like um, Orion from New Gods. Uh, I find just uh, just the color scheme and 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 the helmet. They look very similar. I was aware of Ratcatcher from um, the Arkham Arkham City. There's like a uh, like a little piece of like lore that you can find about Ratcatcher. There was like a, a poster or something. Uh, didn't know that there was a Ratcatcher too, but maybe that's a new thing. Uh, and then the rest, like the first, the first unit squad are just um, all unknowns to me, as far as I can tell, apart from Captain Boomerang, obviously. Um, but yeah, all unknowns, especially Javelin. Uh, Pokemon Man, I was, yeah, obviously I was, a fan of <laughs> uh and and the, the you know the, the second team are, are you know apart from the ones i mentioned are, are all familiar with, with me so or i was familiar with them um but yeah just such an enjoyable movie an absolute blast um i think it's probably yeah probably the most rewatchable movie on my list um but yeah um so heading into number four we've already we've already said your number four joe but that's okay because my number four is Sound of Metal, which is a movie we can both talk about now. Um, so we'll, we'll get your thoughts on Sound of Metal first, since since you mentioned it. Uh, what what did this movie do for you, Joe? It did a lot for me, James. It, I tell you, um, you know, it's I always appreciate movies that kind of put me um, in the POV of somebody that you know, you know, movies that like I suppose capture not like a disability but like a point of view that you could never really understand before you know and being deaf is something like i can't even imagine you know not being able to like load up spotify or you know just like listening in a conversation or shit like that you know just basic communication um i think that's what's so heartbreaking about this movie and and the fact that you know the main character is a musician and how it kind of the way out of how it affects you know his relationship and um his reluctance to kind of jump into this world of like you know um hard of hearing people um i think for me the real star of this film and i think 
if I remember correctly, the Academy, um, they did right by this as well. It, it was did. the audio in this movie, yeah. um, the sound mixing and sound editing. Um, it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it, like there's a scene at the end, uh, we, you know, we reviewed Coda and they did a similar thing at the end of the movie mm. where music and sound and everything almost just drowns out and you're just left there with the character and the actor's performance. And it's just, I mean, it would really bring you to tears. I think that um, Riz Ahmed, um, he gives a career best. And honestly, I, I, it's it's weird for me that, you know, he didn't like, I feel like he should have been more in the discussion of somebody who could have won best actor. Yeah, And I feel like he wasn't. Um, Obviously, it was a interesting year with, you know, Chadwick Boseman. And um, I think everybody was kind of expecting him to win. But I, I feel like Riz Ahmed, he gave one of the most breathtaking performances of the year. Um, I think the movie as well, it's it's really honest. It's grounded. It's, you know, um, you got the opportunity to talk to um, Paul Rassi and, and mm. just hearing his experience and, and him as, as well as somebody who grew up with, you know, deaf parents. Yeah. Um, this isn't a movie that's, you know, Hollywood uh, just like took a concept and just did whatever the fuck it wanted with it. It's it, it's an accurate depiction, I feel like, of, of deaf people. And, and um, at least that's what I've, you know, <laughs> been told. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I, I, I just love this movie so much. Mm. Uh, that's why I put it as my number five. And, you know, I think, and this is something that I'd say with a lot of my list, I think the argument could be made that a movie like Nomadland on a technical level, you know, from a directing standpoint, all the rest, it, you could conceivably say it's better than Sound of Metal. Yeah. But on an emotional level, Sound of Metal just, it just hit me harder than Nomadland did. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's it's higher up. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I have to say about Sound of Metal. I just, I'm just in awe of the film, really. Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding movie. Um, as you said, career best and it's been quite a career. It's no, it's no, it's no understatement. Her to, to say that that Riz Ahmed is one of the greatest um, actors working today um, of his generation. Just absolutely outstanding stuff. And if it was any other year, I mean, as I said earlier, all the acting categories uh, in the last Oscars were so so strong. And the conversation was very much between, you know, um, well, it was it was Chadwick Boseman's to win as far as everyone was as far as everyone was concerned. And then out of nowhere, like and even even the producers were shocked by this. It was the fact that Anthony Hopkins just took it, um, you know, and I haven't gotten the opportunity to see the father yet, um, you know, and but that a lot of people love that movie uh, and and people who have dealt with. Uh, things like Alzheimer's have have sung its praises, and some people who've also dealt with the same thing have said it's a bit showy. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But anyway, this, we're talking about sound of metal. Um, yeah, as I said, um, you know, Riz Ahmed. If it was any other year, he would have been a shoe in. Like nobody else would have been in the conversation for an Oscar, only him. Um, also, Paul Racy, friend of the show. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Um, you know, he's also uh, on the Paul Racy front, he's, he's going to be filming like three movies, uh, like pretty much back to back or at the same time. And then uh, next week, I heard from his wife. So uh, fair play to him. 
stuff, super secret stuff that he couldn't tell you anyone about. Um, he's amazing in this. He embodies this character, and uh, it's it's outstanding stuff. So privileged to be able to, to talk to to him. Um, incredible. I, I was I was amazed he didn't he didn't he didn't win the Oscar. I would put money on it if I was a betting man, but. Uh, that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I'm sure he's going to have loads more uh, opportunities to wow people. But um, yeah, Olivia Cook as well, which is another another uh, aspect of this movie. Which I mean, it, it's easy to go under the radar. She's um, in it, and she play she has a significant impact. But she's in it inter- in, intermittently, and uh, that's just the way that she's really good. She's a great foil for for Riz Ahmed's character, Ruben. Uh, as he goes through this this ordeal, this new way of life, and uh, she's great. Her arc is is really satisfying as well. Even though you know she doesn't appear throughout the whole movie, it's it's Ruben's story. Um, yeah, it's just a heartbreaking. Um, also, you know, it's 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 probably one of the most. Uh, I mean, I don't scare easily, but like one of the most horrifying things to. Um, you know, to to happen to a person to lose such a to lose any sense. Well, I could probably do, you know if you're gonna you know to lose to lose your to lose um your hearing is uh a you know an an awful um kick in the teeth. It's just uh, you know uh, such a significant thing to have to go through, especially when Ruben's character is so steeped in music it's his entire life as far as he concerned it's as far as he's concerned uh, up to this point so um i love the ending as well um one of, uh, probably like top three endings of this year for me might be number one i don't know it's it, it's incredible um a very satisfying one even though it um you're kind of left to draw your own conclusions um but um just a, a gorgeous movie gorgeously photographed um the, the music scenes at the start as well the the live performances one of the most faithful um depictions of uh like a rock concert i've ever seen like you know in the way it's filmed it's it's just incredible you really feel like you're just like right beside ruben as he's as he's just letting rip on those drums it's, it's crazy crazy well done Yeah, Darius Murder. I can't wait to see what what Murder does next. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Um, but yeah, that's Sound of Metal. That's my number four, and uh, Joe's number five. And that brings us on to uh, number three, 
Uh, so Joe, what was your third favorite movie of the year? So until very recently, this was my favorite movie of the year. Oh, um, all right. So <laughs> as I said, I, this this list broke my fucking heart over the last <laughs> few days. But anyways, um, my number three movie is Minari. Um, right. Okay. So I saw this movie a few months ago, and um. I really wish to won Best Picture, but anyways, I won't. I won't even, won't even get into the Oscars. Um, Minari is honestly one of the. It's just one of the sweetest movies I've seen in a very long while, and you know, before the movie came out, there was like this big thing of, oh, is this a foreign film? Is this like a domestic film? Like, what is this? This is the most American movie I think that like yeah. it, it's it it encapsulates the American dream. Absolutely. to a T, you know, and it follows a Korean family. And I mean, the majority of the film is in Korean. Um, Steve Yeonan, and, and um, I think her name is Han Yiri, I think is her name. She plays the wife. Um, their relationship as a couple, and I mentioned this in Our Friend, it's something that I look for all the time when there's like a married couple. I, I like something where it's it's realistic. It's not just all lovey dove. It's, you know, there's conflict, there's like difficult discussions and that happens throughout the entire film. Um, and it's really, you know, it's really heartfelt. It's really honest. Um, the standout of the movie, um, obviously besides Alan S. Kim, who plays David, the son, who's just the sweetest kid you can imagine. And just honestly, lovely performance is just amazing. The best part of this movie um, is and I'm going to completely butcher the name, but um, it's the grandmother Sunya, who uh, played by Young Young Yo Jung. Uh, apologies. Um, That's all right. That's pretty it's, good. it's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. Um, I actually think this movie is like a celebration of grandmothers and like grandparents, and that's why it just resonated with me so much. Um, there's one scene, and I said this in the review, and I remember because it's still one of my favorite scenes of this year, where um, Alan S. Kim's character David, he's he's basically like he's he's afraid of, he, like he's worried about death. Um, this is like a young boy talking about death, mm. and Sunja, the the grandmother, is like comforting him in it. And honestly, it's it's the greatest scene of the year. Mm. Um, it fucking very nearly brought me to I mean it did bring me to tears I'm just gonna say it brought me to tears um yeah I I just man it honestly I cannot recommend this movie enough if you haven't seen it I'm pretty sure it's on VOD no um yeah it definitely is you could I'm pretty sure it's on Blu-ray now as well yeah Um, yeah see this movie it's it's phenomenal James did you get a chance to watch it yet Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed it on the yeah. we reviewed it on the show. Yeah, I I loved it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It just it just missed out. Um, I just I, I reviewed the list and it just it just missed out narrowly. So, um, yeah, I I absolutely love this movie. I mean, we were we were saying we were singing its praises and at the time, and you know, we were kind of in agreement that this was like, uh, something that should be on on the syllabus, um, you know, as kind of this classic. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'd be a big advocate for like uh, more diversity in, I mean, in the films that, that you kind of learn in terms of the texts that you learn in, in, in school, like there should be more emphasis on, on films. I think that Minari would be a perfect candidate for that, especially in the American school system where it's way more relevant 
Um, you know, it's a, it's an American story. Um, but yeah, it, this this was a this was a great movie. It's 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 as I said so many times before. Um, it's it just shows how how good this year has been, and um, yeah, just an incredible, incredibly um, tender, charming movie that never fails to to make you smile. And uh, as as you pointed out so rightfully, it does. It will bring a tear to your eye if you have any any soul at all uh, within your being. It, it will it will do that to you. This just gets better and better. Um, yeah, and also, um, you touched on upon this as well. Uh, probably one of the most authentic, real uh, dynamics between a, a husband and wife I've I've seen in a movie. Um, you know, even though I don't speak the language, I absolutely understand. Um, I absolutely get, and I can draw conclusions as to what these guys have gone through, and um, you know, it's they're 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 just you know they're not lovey-dovey as you said it's not like that it's just they're well past the honeymoon period and they're just uh working together and even though i uh, think times are tough so yeah in- incredible stuff um yeah steve yun just i i never thought i'd see steve yun in this sort of movie like i know he's famous for the walking dead and uh, you know invincible nowadays but he was he's incredible he's so good and um the whole cast is great. Can't I can't say enough about it. It's it's an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, so people go check it out if you haven't already. It's no worse contender, or it was. Um, so yeah, that's that's Minari, uh, Joe's uh, number three movie of the year. Um, so we're we've we've reached a, a point of, of coalescence of convergence. Um, my number three is Nomadland. So Joe, tell me about Nomadland. Oh, you're busting to. Yeah, um, as I said, like I, I feel guilty that it's it's a little like higher up or lower on my list uh, and number six, considering it was, you know, the best picture winner. Um, it's just one of those things where, again, like I, I had been told so many things before I had seen it. I think I actually watched it like the weekend after one best picture um, and I was just expecting this fucking god level film but you know it's it's something that um what i appreciated about the movie 
was how natural it was and the way it was filmed. It reminded me of like a Terrence Malick movie, you know, um, the cinematography is breathtaking. Francis McDormand's character or her performance as a character is just so, it's so real. It's like, it's not like somebody's acting. That's, that's what kind of like blew me away. It's like, you kind of forget that it's a performance, you know, she really becomes that person. Um, also, when it comes to just the overall direction, I think the way how the movie was filmed with pretty much like a skeleton crew um, where, you know, they used a lot of natural light, handheld photography. Um, I, I just think it complemented the story so well, you know, this kind of on the road um, type film had this on the road kind of way of shooting. Um, and I love that. Um, you know, it is, there are, as I said, the, the the movie actually uses a lot of like real life people, not, you know, written characters. And they were some of my favorite parts of it. There's one woman talking about like, you know, being in a canoe, uh, going through a river uh, and seeing birds fly overhead. And it was just, it was just, yeah, it was just so beautiful. And, and um, there's a lot of that. A lot of it is just people like sitting down, talking to one another around a campfire Um you know, going back on life. And it's not like one of those things where it's like, Oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. It's like, no, I, I you know, I've got air in my lungs. I'm, I'm happy to be alive. And, and I kind of like, I kind of like movies that are like that, you know, mm. uh, that's why I appreciated this. And, and, um, Chloe Zhao, I think she's, she deserved the best director credit. I don't know if the movie deserved the best picture credit, but she definitely deserved best director. Cause I think the direction of this movie was, the real star of the film um and again maybe maybe that's unfair of me to say um because i hadn't seen it before the oscars but i just feel like as i said the direction was the star of the movie and francis mcdormand is well, her, her performance but um anyways james I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it home well i mean no you just the very great comprehensive review there but like it's it, yeah it's um i i just based on my list it's the only uh oscar contender that that has reached as high as it, as it has on my list at number three and uh, the rest are quite new uh very new movies uh, that have come out so but i i'll i'll just say that i i think i think it i think it did deserve the best picture uh, as well as best director i think chloe zhao and you can correct me if i'm wrong on this i think she's the most um um awarded filmmaker for a single film in the history of the academy I think she is because she um, directed it um, and edited it as well and wrote it um, as well as probably other things as well. I don't know if I'm, if I'm wrong or right on that, but um, she's among a certain select group of, of individuals. Um, This is um, just a stunning, stunning movie. And um, I really thought up until, um, you know, a few weeks ago, or you know, even a few days ago, this is this is going to be the number one. It was going to remain like that. Um, also, David Strahern as well. It's such a subtle performance, but he just feels like a guy you'd know. Uh, plays so well off of Francis McDormand. They, it's such a real dynamic. You know what I mean? In the same way that it's, you know, that the the married couple in you know Steve Young and 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 the you know that that whole married dynamic. That I think. The relationship, the, the one between Dave and Fern, is very, very believable, and even like the the supporting characters who are real life nomads, like um, like Linda May and and Swanky, 
and 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 gay you know and i think and doug as well um they were just they they put in really really great sincere performances uh even though like they're probably just speaking their own truth and like what more could you ask from from a person um such a sincere um such a sincere kind of movie it's um and um, like emotional um it paints a, like a real life picture of isolation without being too um, dour about things um, about the the socioeconomic climate of middle America and what Fern uh, has to go through uh, it gives a subtle up yours to corporations especially Amazon and, and Jeff Bezos uh, for what, for how they treat their workers, um, it 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 satisfies on so many levels, and um, deserves all the all the praise and acclaim it gets. And um, of course, you go from this uh, to you know, with regards to Chloe Zhao, you go from this to Eternals, which is going to share, I can imagine, a lot of the technical DNA that this does. Um, and I can't wait for Eternals. She's she's the, um, I mean, top five filmmakers working today of her generation. Anyway, that I'm most excited to see things from. Um, an absolute belter of a movie. My God, it's so so good. Hey, hey. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. It's just black, so. Oh, that's good. Hello, coffee? I know you. Yeah, hi, Dave, right? Yes. Fern? Yes. I have your uh, can opener. Yeah, 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 you do. Are you working here now, or? Yeah, first year. So, coffee? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yep, neat and flat. Black, so if you want anything, you gotta put it in. So, see ya. Yeah, have a good day. I'm your camp host. Yeah, what more can I say? It's fucking great. It's so, so good. Um, so, yeah, that's that's number three uh, for me. Joe, we're on to number two. We're almost there. We're almost at the number one spot. So, but what's your number two uh, movie of the year? So, my number two movie of the year um, is a movie that. Again, just completely blindsided me. It's just shocked me at how good it was. And that is the Nick Cage film, Pig. Um, now, it's this film is so strange because I had seen the trailer, obviously, and it, it kind of sets up this story of this truffle uh, farmer who has this truffle pig, mm. Nick Cage being the farmer, um, and the pig was missing. It's very kind of... The, the setup is almost, you know, we were talking about nobody and John Wick. It's kind of John Wick-like, right? Like he goes yeah. on the hunt for this pig. Um, this lone guy who who has this history um, in this industry, this industry being, um, you know, chefs and, and restaurant, the restaurant business and food. And it's the most bizarre, meditative, um, contemplative film I've seen in a very, very long time. 
um, the movie steers in the first like 30 minutes in every sort of direction that you think a movie like this would go. You know, it starts first of all as like this very kind of chill kind of, as I said, meditative film. It goes then into this kind of, you think it's going down like the John Wick route, but then it just does a complete, you know, U-turn. And it, as again, it becomes this more kind of, kind of contemplative type film. Um, it's really about, you know, uh, people's relation. I think it's about people's relationship with art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, I, I, I wish I could do like, I think when the movie comes out, we'll probably do a review on, on the show. Um, Definitely. At least in the cinemas, when it comes out in the cinemas. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's, it's Nick Cage's best performance since Mandy. Um, I, I even liked him in Color Out of Space. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, and there's, there's a scene and when you watch the movie, James, you'll recognize immediately where Nick Cage, he's basically like interrogating a chef that he used to know. And it's one of the best scenes I've seen all year. Um, it's nuts. It's like, it's again, nothing crazy happens. It's just Nick Cage has this way of like weaponizing words, (laughs) you know, he, he can just like, he can, he can turn on like that and he just becomes an absolute weapon with what he says. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful movie and the ending again, I know we've been talking a lot about endings, but, um, I think this film just, there's just this very gentle ending with Sarah on top. Um, I love this film so much. As I said, I want to do a more in-depth kind of review on the show once it comes out and you can kind of watch it as well, James. Because yep. I, I genuinely think it's one of the best movies of the year so far. Uh, it's why it's my number two. Uh, and I think there's a lot more to be said about it. Um, but yeah, Pig is my number two. Nope. Nope. Fuck off. Get away from my car. Go. Go. Come on. No, no. Not me either. What's up, man? Beautiful. Woo. I know this little fucker does it. How do you do it? Uh-huh. <laughs> you sure you don't want one of those um, camp showers? You know, the ones with the propane and the hot water? What about that phone? I don't want to be the one to drive up and find you, like, dead. You know, there's like animals and shit out here. Okay. Oh. Good talk, Rob. I can't wait to uh, experience pig. Um, I mean, say what say what you will. I, not you, but not just you, but you know, people like Nick Cage has been a meme. Uh, ever since the creation of the internet, uh, the foundation of the internet, it's, and um, I know in some cases, rightfully so, he's done some batshit things, and when you do stuff like that, you know you're going to turn into a meme, or you know, I mean, he couldn't have predicted what a meme, what a meme was, what it would be, but like you know, it's, um, but he is a true artist at heart. I fun, I fundamentally believe that absolutely. You can tell when he gives a shit. 
And um, from what I've seen of Pig, uh, he does. And, you know, um, I mean, Color Out of Space was was, uh, just a a great role for him, a great kind of artsy kind of horror role uh, for him to inhabit. And that was well received. Mandy as well. That was that was something that kicked off this whole era of Cage. I think. Um, I feel I feel like you could have, um, call out of space, Mandy, and and probably Pig. I haven't seen Pig yet. You could have those in a in a kind of a a peak caged uh, triple bill, and they wouldn't look out of place together because they're all so different. Um. Although, you know, I guess Mandy and, and Colorado Space have their similarities. Uh, but I can't wait to see Pig. Um, it's just, it's so hard to get there. With There's no real art house cinemas or any, you know, kind of smaller cinemas near near me. So, um, yeah, but I, I just can't wait to consume this this bountiful pig. Um, <laughs> to, to, all to, the bacon. All the bacon, all the bacon. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, I'm reassured that that it's that it's that it's excellent. Um, right, so my number two spot was in my number one spot until um, until last night. So um, it's um, a horror movie, kind of a horror psychological thriller uh, from director David Bruckner, from you know who directed movies like Southbound and you know Joe. You're a big fan, obviously. It's the Nighthouse. Yeah. Uh, starring um, Rebecca Hall. Uh, this movie blew me away. It is one of the more subtle horror movies uh, you will see, while also uh, dealing with some pretty high-concept supernatural shit. Uh, Rebecca Hall uh, solidifies her status as one of my favorite performers working today, and it's it's very easy for her to go under the radar when you're talking about different actresses. You you know you can name people like Meryl Streep or Viola Davis or Emma Stone, but like what's great about Rebecca Hall is she's you know she's you know gorgeous, but she also like is um, not over the top. She's like the anti cage, you know. She's like. Um, she's fucking excellent in everything, everything. And, but she's very subtle and not showy in the slightest. Um, she's completely believable as her character, Beth, and this, um, a woman who is, um, just reeling from the, the suicide of, of her husband, uh, just, just days before the, the film's events. Um, and, the the supernatural and I don't want to spoil this running because this is a movie that um you know it's a very small movie and it'll it'll probably earn its money back but it's I don't even think it, it its budget was at like a million dollars um but you know um she she um she some uh, disturbing unsettling secrets are revealed to her following the death of her husband about her husband and um some supernatural shenanigans ensue. That's all I'll say. But there's some really believable, great performances from the likes of uh, Sarah Goldberg, uh, Vondi Curtis-Hall, who was uh, Ben Yurick in uh, Daredevil, in the series Daredevil season one. He was also um, in the Prince uh, in in uh, Romeo, Romeo plus Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's movie from the 90s. Just a really great performer. You don't, you don't have to kind of see that guy. He's just, you know, he's going to just fucking do the job um as well you have um 
uh, Evan, uh, Johnny Kite, who plays her husband, who appears in various scenes, which I won't get into because they would be spoilerish uh, flashbacks, we'll say. Um, but this is a beautifully shot, stunningly scored, well performed movie. And I feel like even just talking about it, I'm not doing it the justice it deserves. There should be more original concepts concept movies like this being made and i mean reminiscence came out not so long ago and i know that that pays homage to a lot of things but like people need to support things like that even if you know they should go see it in cinema even though like the end product mightn't be what they want but like the night house is just man it's so good it's it's one of my favorite it just shot up in like one of my favorite like horror thrillers um ever it's so so good um i there's there's nothing more i can say without going to spoilers that will justify how great it is um but it's 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 god tier horror like it's really really good there if there's hints of the shining in here um you know and stuff like even uh kind of christopher nolan stuff like uh, hints of that like even in us like very very subtle but there's there's hints of that in there as well um just all that stuff i love um it's it's so great and on a technical level um the best uh move the best like um camera work i've ever seen in a, probably in a movie um it's really really impressive like some of the some of the shots in this are mind mind bending mind bending stuff and i i can't actually say any more but because the because um there's particular shots which spoil things about the movie so i can't actually tell i can't it's 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 a bit of like it's a bit of a tripwire of a movie like i can't say anything about the camera work because if i talk about why the camera work is great it'll spoil something in the movie um so yeah it's phenomenal it's my number two movie of the year uh, up until recently um it, it it's it's amazing it's amazing
Who is this? praises or some of the praises of the movie off air to you joe um i know you're a, you're a big big um you're a big big fan of this director uh, david brockner um so uh yeah what do, what do you think yeah i mean you know, the thing about david brockner and this this is like such a well no shit sherlock thing to say but like he actually knows what scares people i don't know if you've ever seen his short film in vhs um, that shit scared me. Uh, Amateur Night. It's the first, I think it's the first short film. In I think it's the VHS. first, yeah. The first one, yeah. I think um, so. Even the one he did in Southbound is just, it's just, oh, it's tough to watch, but it's it's so, it's such good horror. And I really, really like The Ritual. Um, I think that's a really great movie. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those movies, like whenever, somebody says that they don't like horror movies. I'm always like, you should watch the ritual because it's not like, it's not like shit your pants scary. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you can kind of just put it on. It's, and yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm insanely jealous. No, I, I like, I need to see this movie. Like, it's it's so good. It's so good. And I, I, I kind of know, and I think, I think you'll be in, in the same ballpark as me. Like it's, it's pretty perfect. Uh, it's such an emotional movie. Um, you're, I, I was kind of left with it. I've been thinking about it kind of nonstop, but it's an incredibly emotional movie. Like there, feelings of sadness, secondhand sadness almost, and uh, despair, and kind of um, you know, just uh, you, uh, like Rebecca Hall's character Beth is just this this avatar for for the audience member, and it's so well conveyed. It's um, you're meant to feel everything that she feels, and that's that's performed to a T because of the direction from from Bruckner and and Hall's performance and the writing is top notch really really good stuff um a really really emotional movie and um my i think it i think it's my favorite ending of the year like the, like well my final the final line of the movie is my favorite is my favorite of the year it's so good um yeah the next, my number one is has a very satisfying ending, but the the specific line at the end and the shot that goes with that is is so good. It's so good. And I think it might go over people's heads when they see it, when they when they see it first. Uh, the shot is like the shot is like it's it's one of those really good, well executed technical shots that I can't talk about or else I'll spoil what the movie's about. But also the line. Yeah, I look. I'm I'm going to show it now. That's that's yeah. It's fucking great. It's so so good. It's a masterpiece. It's genuinely amazing. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Nighthouse. Please go check it out if you can. Uh, in very very select cinemas. It's not even in like the art house in Galway, like you the, the palace in Galway. I had to go down to Cork Cork City. I'm not from Cork City. I'm from I'm about two hours away from Cork City. I had to go. I had to go that far to see it. So. Um, if you're in Cork, good luck. You're you're all you're all set. Um, but yeah, or um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that means we're on to the number one spot, and I think I think it's uh, you know be a bit of be a bit of fun to guess 
what our what our number one movies are. So I'm gonna guess. Um, I'm can is it okay if I guess Joe? Is it? Yeah, go on. Okay, go I think on. it's I th- I think your number one movie is gonna be another round. <laughs> You're bang on. Yeah. I was gonna I was, <laughs> I was gonna say no. It's Exciters Justice League, but oh, I was no. like no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're you're bang on. It's 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 another round. Um, I yeah, I I how do I even like? I'm trying to like find the words to express like how much I love this movie. I think that um you know there's so much I could say about like this film has there's a lot of um kind of I guess talk about you know alcohol and um the way how it affects our society and like. I think that what this movie does beautifully is it shows these four men, you know, these four white old middle-aged dudes and their, their, their real struggles in the world. No? Um, Representation it, at its finest. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, what the movie does is it doesn't, it doesn't make alcohol the villain, which was what I was actually expecting. I was like, oh, by the end of the movie, no. The, the actual plot of the movie is basically these four men, they try to increase their blood alcohol level. Um, to see if it has a positive effect on their life and if, you know, being more drunk during the day, if it, if it, if it improves their teaching, a lot of them are teachers, if it improves their relationships, all that sort of stuff. Um, and what the movie does so beautifully is it shows the positives of it, you know, like how having a drink is, is good and it's fun and you can be free and all the rest, but also shows the negative side of it. And boy, when it shows the negative, it really shows the negative. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Vinterberg, Mikkelsen and Guillermo del Toro. They had this panel discussion and something that del Toro said that I thought was really smart was there's a great control of the camera in the movie. Um, You know, it shows what it needs to show and it doesn't show what it doesn't need to show. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, the, the movie prioritizes, obviously, the important stuff. Um, there, like there's there isn't a second of this movie that goes to waste um and i think that sometimes people forget about that like sometimes directors will just their ego or whatever will kind of kick in and they're just throwing a shot for the sake of throwing a shot or, the, or they'll do something because you know they want to show off as a director yeah. vinterberg i feel like he doesn't do that he he you know he's his number one focus is just the story and that's it um i just think yeah as i said um you know, again, we've talked about endings like a maddening amount today, but like the ending to this movie is the most satisfying thing. I I, I can't even. I think James, would you, do you know like what happens at the ending? I, I feel like it's uh, yeah, it, it's of- yeah, it's it's been unfortunately it's been a spoil for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, I don't. I see. I don't know what happens in the story per se, but I know I know what the shot is. You know, yeah. I know, I know it ends in that way, and it culminates in Mads Mikkelsen doing something. Um, but I don't know the rest of the of the plot. I, you know, so don't don't spoil it for me in that regard. But yeah, I know, I know what you're talking. Well, about. Well, what I say is, and what what's great is, obviously, if you know what happens at the ending, that's not really what happens. It's it's more what that kind of, um, like what that means for the characters. What it signifies. That's, yeah. that's what it signifies, and, and that's what's so. That's what's so beautiful about it. And um, God, yeah, I just, man, I, I, I want to see this movie again. <laughs> like, um, I really thought, I, I genuinely thought I was going in to watch one movie. Um, 
And I, I came out of it realizing that it was something completely different. Like I thought I knew what movie I was going to watch um, and it's portrayal of like alcohol and all this, but it was com- something completely different. And um, also I think, you know, the story of, of the making of the film and, and what happened to Winterberg and his family, it's just so heartbreaking, but also the way how the kind of the crew kind of came together. It's, um, it's a real beautiful story. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I think this is his best film. I think honestly, by a absolute mile, I think this is his best film. And I think, you know, Mads Mikkelsen, he gives his best here as well. General Grant, Ernest Hemingway Winston Churchill. Det gør I hver uge, hele året. Rigtig mange genstande, og derfor skal jeg lige stille nogle spørgsmål her. Ja, så du er frisk, vi har betalt dig. Hvor meget drikker du på nu? Øh, det, det ved jeg ikke. Du kan sagtens fortælle mig det, jeg siger det ikke til nogen. Altså, Sundhedsstyrelsen anbefaler et maks på 14 genstande for mænd, og 7 genstande for kvinder. Ja, sådan, ja, sådan, ja, sådan. Drikker du mere, eller drikker du mindre, end det anbefaler? Ja. Jeg drejer vel altså torsdag, fredag og lørdag. Og så lidt søndag og onsdag, hvis der er Champions League. Hvor meget? Ja, 14-15 genstande, torsdag, fredag og lørdag. Og så 15 genstande, søndag og onsdag, hvis der er. Okay, ja, hvor meget er det om ugen? Ja, på, på en god uge, på en god uge. Det er omkring 50. 55. Hvad siger du? 55, 55. Uh, 55. Okay, Kau? Ja. Hvad er reglerne for sølgene? Ja, spørgsmål. Forstået? Ja. Øhm, man skal løbe rundt om søen på tid, og så skal man øh, drikke en kasse øl. Ja, og hvis man brækker sig? Ja, altså hvis det er synkron. Der er regler for synkronbræk. Yes, hvor man fratager tid og omvendt, hvis man vejer sig uden de andre. Så får du lagt noget tid til. Jeg er med. Okay, og jeg skal have nogle hænder. Hvor mange af jer er med i søløb? Jeg sværger, man kan ikke mærke det på jer. Det er meget interessant det her, fordi nu er det jo Churchill, der har brugt tapetet herinde. Ja? Og udover at forfatte 37 bøger, fordelt på 58 bind, male over 500 malerier, modtage Nobelprisen i litteratur og holde fast, vinde 2. verdenskrig, som en af historiens største herrefører, så er han også meget berømt for følgende citat. Jeg drikker aldrig før måneden. God, I, I, I really want, as I said, like Pig, I really want to talk about this movie at length once you get to see it. Yeah. Because definitely. I think you'll I think you'll love it, James. Honestly, I think it's the best movie of the year. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely going to happen. I know I know. we've been talking about kind of a bit of a format change uh, when, um, you know, we're back in college again and we get to, you know, we get to talk about movies like Pig, like Another Round, in depth, properly um you know rather than review everything i mean it's a it's a work in progress we're not really sure what we're doing yet but that would be we're going to do that anyway whatever happens um i can't wait for this movie i mentioned promising young women back uh along the list and the, uh 
Promising Young Woman and Another Round, those are the two movies that weren't the Batman that I was looking forward to most coming into 2021. And I'm gutted that I haven't gotten to see it, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just, just the way it is. Um, no, 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 nobody will will drive me to a to a to a like a Danish movie, <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, that's just that's just the way it is. I'm a huge Matt Mikkelsen fan. I'm a, uh, you know, I I talk about Hannibal a lot, and I think you know that's just one of my favorite TV shows, along with like Mad Men. Mad Men is like top tier, but you know, um, Hannibal's great. It's it's goofy in the more subtle way <laughs> and uh Matt Mickelson is like an absolute king he's so so good I can't wait to, to see him in, in in D5 and um just everything else he does he's a he's an icon I think he's an absolute icon he's like Elvis over in Denmark as far as I know and that's that's how I've heard him described because you see all the Carlsberg ads you know you go to an airport you go to a restaurant or whatever you, you see fucking Carlsberg ads everywhere so the guy is like he's like a god over in Denmark um, but yeah. Um, also the, the personal side of this of this movie, uh, it 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 affects um I guess how we view it in in the best possible way. The fact that you know his daughter tragically died and she was gonna be part of the movie, and even some of this film, I believe, is filmed in the school where she went to. It's a it's a very, very surprisingly personal movie for Winterberg if you look at it from like the outside. But you know, you dig a bit deeper. It's a very, very personal film. I can't, I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, it's it's just right up my alley, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's another round. Uh, we talked briefly last week about on the show, but I know we, we couldn't talk about it because it came out a while ago. And um, but yeah, um, all right. So my number one pick. Any hey, idea? Can I guess? Can I? Yeah, can yeah. I have guess. I think, and I say this, I'm not 100% on it because I think um, there's a bit of a discussion to have of whether or not it is a movie, but is it Bo Burnham's Inside? No, unfortunately not. Oh, it's not. Okay. You okay. see, that, okay. You see, I took that off the list because, um, you know, a lot of people consider it a comedy special. It's, it's one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had from a piece of media. Um, you know, but it's I just I just took it off the list just because I didn't want to cause any controversy. Uh, you know, it, it's a comedy special, but it feels like, uh, you know, and I don't say that to be reductive. It, you know, that's what it's listed at. So I, I'm just gonna leave it there. Do I have another guess? Um, oh God, I'm thinking through them now. Okay, what can I ask? Was it set on my list yet? No, no. Okay. Um. Fuck. It's <laughs> I was <laughs> Army of the Dead just came to mind. I don't know why. No. <laughs> no, that's like the last thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I honestly not... don't know. I can't I can't think of Okay, so this this is a movie that I I went into um knowing that I was probably really gonna like it, but the it ended up uh kind of blowing any expectations I had of it out of the water. Um, and it is an emotionally satisfying, um, very beautiful, one of the most beautiful movies I've, I've ever seen. Um, so well crafted, but um, yeah, it's uh, Evangelion. 
uh, 3.0 plus 1.0 Trice Upon a Time, which is um, new to... It got an Amazon Prime video release, um, along with the the three other movies prior uh, to it. Um, so I was seeing those for the first time as well. Uh, but this is the best out of all. It is crazy good. Um, it's set after... I know I don't I don't think you've seen the other three Joe, but um it's set after the events of obviously uh uh 3.33 and um the kind of cataclysmic events that that follow that without saying too much. Um if I say anything about this movie, it's a spoiler, but there's three other movies in the series, but it's uh, an emotionally resonant, uh accurate, authentic picture of isolation, uh, grief, life, death, love, uh, purpose. Um, and it's all um, portrayed in one of the most beautiful uh, animated movies I've ever seen, probably the most beautiful. Uh, it's a, a, a an amazing, phenomenal uh, fusion of um, mostly like digital t- uh, 2d animation and uh, cg animation used uh, in conjunction with each other to perfect harmony it's mind-blowing to watch um some great action set pieces particularly at, in the first and second act and then an emotionally resonant emotionally charged um ending that uh fans of the franchise going back uh, almost three decades now and even more recent fans from about 2000, since 2007, even to now who are discovering the series for the first time, are going to, I think, will love and be really satisfied. It's the most conclusive chapter in the story. And I think it's properly the end, but oh, what a way to end the this story of uh, Evangelion. It's absolutely um, phenomenal. I was, uh, and um, I love the ending. The ending was, uh, man. I was tearing up at the end. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, um, but very satisfying. I was very, I was very happy. Uh, it ended that way. Uh, it felt like the absolute right way to end such a, a an absolutely crazy bonkers um, series of movies. But um, I can't go into story details because I know not enough of people have gotten through if they've start, you know, have gotten through the series. But um, of the of the the rebuild series of four movies, um, but it is um, it is crazy. And uh, Hideki Anno, the the founding father of the Evangelion franchise from the Neon Genesis days, uh, he's he's the head honcho of this story, and it's emotionally re- re- like uh, resonant with him. It's a very personal story, and this is uh, an absolute. Um, absolute victory of a movie. It's so so good. I'm so glad. Like it has like 100 percent around tomatoes and had a really high letterbox score. I'm just looking at it now. It's like a like a 4.3, uh, which is pretty pretty high for letterboxed. And um, man, I yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so so good. I'm getting I'm getting emotional talking about it. It's so so good. Um, Joe, have have you have you gotten through the Evangelion movies? Well, shit, I was going to start tonight, but now I think I'm going to have to fucking binge the whole thing. <laughs> if it's that good, like, I, I'm actually shocked. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch. I mean, yeah. um, I know you've been, you've definitely been praising the series and um, 
yeah and i have to get stuck into it now because yeah and i know you like you know if it's that like emotional and if the, and, and especially i've literally seen nothing i haven't even seen a trailer of any of it mm. so i'm interested to see now what the animation is going to be like but um yeah. yeah wow uh i'm i'm really hyped for it now so i'm gonna have to get stuck into it tonight yeah, it's yeah. I'm so I'm so glad that it's been received as well. Like it's perfect scores kind of all around, and um, you know, I understand like it's not for everyone, uh, probably. But like, it'd be interesting to see because you haven't watched you haven't watched the series Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, but I don't know. I I'm I'm uncertain how that'll how that'll affect your watching of the movies, which are just it's like a rebooted series. Um. But it'd be interesting to see it, but they definitely stand on their own. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's my, um, that's my number one. That's my, that's my number one movie of the year so far. Um, it'd be interesting to see if it top, topped it. Um, and also, it's also, um, you know, significant to mention that this movie is, um, so let me get the exact, I think it's, two hours, 35 minutes long, which is, I think it's the third longest animated feature ever made. Um, and that's, I mean, with animation, obviously they're usually shorter because animation takes so, so long, especially animation on this scale. Um, but that's probably due to the fact that like this came, this, this came out this year, 2021. And, um, the last movie, uh, came out in 2012, I think. So they've had a lot of time to work on this and um, it, it shows it's, it's masterful. Absolutely. And I, I do hope that this is the end of, of the, of the, the series, you know, unless they do something very, very different, but it's incredible, incredible. Um, but yeah, that's, that's uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 twice upon a time. Long ass name, I know, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it really. <laughs> Any final words, Mr. That's Hines? Not. Um, no, I mean, I really appreciate your list. I think, you know, they're all great films, yeah. um, at least the ones I've seen. I, I really need to get on that Evangelion, though. Um, I know you've been praising it like mad. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like a fucking dog in heat. I really need to see The Night House. Like, you, yeah. you've, like, I need, to, I need, like, I need that movie right now. Um, after that, though, I mean, it'll be interesting to see now come the new year like how many movies on this on my list anyways will stay there and how many of them will change because there's gonna be so many more movies coming out even so i I still haven't seen the green knight um lamb is coming out dune is coming out um god there's so many great movies coming out i I really wonder like how the list is gonna change probably radically so um i think um yeah exciting stuff i mean shang chi which has been getting really, really great reviews. That might, that might uh, enter the top ten for me anyway. It might, it might um, quite possibly, because uh, I mean, even Black Widow, which is, which is not a movie that uh, it, it's gotten really positive reviews predominantly. I think it's like an eighty percent on Tomatoes. You know, a lot of positive uh, word on that, but it. Some people are saying it's kind of mid tier, and I think like Shang Chi, the. The uh, the buzz from Shang Chi from the from the premiere, and I think it's out in the US. Like people are people are able to see it. Normal people are able to see it. So, uh, yeah, might might enter the top ten. I don't think it'll it'll enter the top three at all. But 
Uh, we, we wait and see. And, and I think, is the Eternals coming out this year, Joe? Yeah, it's coming out in November, I think. November, okay. So I think. Yeah. It's <laughs> it a lot of Marvel. It, it's a lot of Marvel it's, uh, between the TV shows and, I mean, we have three movies as well. And no, sure, we'll have, um, we're going to have Spider-Man No Way Home in December. So that'll that'll be within the year as well. That'll be crazy. There's Venom. There's Venom as oh I didn't Venom or Venom got delayed to November or December, did it? Um yeah, it only got pushed like three weeks, I think. It, Nothing it, super, it, super, super drastic. It took Morbius a spot, <laughs> which I found hilarious. <laughs> Poor Morbius. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, Morbius. Will definitely not be in the in the top ten by January, but uh, anyhow, shall we call it a day, Mister Hines? I think we will. We'll call it a day unless we want to do a a top forty best top movies. <laughs> <laughs> quite possible, quite possible. Um, but in the meantime, we'll say farewell. It's goodbye from Mister Hines. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Um, please share the podcast you know, promote it or not promote it, but do what you can to get around. Um, and thanks for listening. You people are the best. Yeah. Right, James? They're just they're just the greatest. I mean, the greatest alive, absolutely. Um, top tier human beings, as as you once coined uh, the phrase. And it's a goodbye for me. Um, uh, hope you enjoyed this, uh, this duology of podcasts. And uh, we'll see you again for the for the regularly scheduled weekly show. And with that, uh, good night, good morning, and good luck. See ya. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Okay. <laughs> cool. Nice one. All right. Cool. Decent. Of course.